This is The Thomas Guide, your roadmap for navigating the world. With your guide, John Thomas, political savant, world-class analyst, and culture critic. No need to Google directions. Just buckle up and enjoy the ride. This is The Thomas Guide with your host, John Thomas. Kamala Harris proves yet again that she has no idea what she's talking about, and Bloomberg's ads are starting to work. I'll get into that and more in this episode of The Thomas Guide. Welcome back to another episode of The Thomas Guide. I'm John Thomas, your host. Okay, let's get into this edition where I want to break down. There's been a a flurry of polls that have been touted that I want to unpack and unravel some misconceptions about some of these latest polls. Also, I want want to go into Kamala Harris is a total idiot, and she showed how much of an idiot she is and how she doesn't didn't deserve to be on the primetime stage, quite frankly, uh, for president because she just doesn't get it. She doesn't stand for anything. She was completely consultant driven in her prior races. Then she was driven by her sister in her presidential race and it just collapsed. But she just put out a tweet earlier today and it talked about the latest Fox News poll. And I'll get into that in one second because there are some misconceptions about that. And the poll asked questions about impeachment. And Kamala tweeted this. Even viewers of Trump's favorite network are turning on him. No one, including Trump, is above the law. He must be impeached. And then she highlights, it says, Fox News poll shows 50% support impeachment. Can it be? So here's the thing. First, she's dead wrong. By saying even viewers of Trump's favorite network are turning on him, uh, you're an idiot. You understand that political polling that these networks do has nothing to do with their viewership. They're either, they're surveying the broader American public, they're surveying key battleground states and likely electorate models, or likely electorate turnout models nationwide. It has, I don't know of any reputable media poll that surveys their viewers. Who cares? I'm a viewer. I know what I think. I don't need to hear what Fox view, Fox News viewers think. I want to know what broader public opinion is. So she's just an absolute idiot. And it shows the fact that she would tweet this underscores one of her broader problems. She doesn't get politics. She doesn't understand. She thinks she does. She doesn't even understand the basic nuances of polling. So of course she thought she was a top tier candidate. Hey, Twitter tweets about me all the time and good morning America, man, they love me. I'm a top tier candidate, of course. And the only explanation for why I wouldn't be the nominee is well, people aren't ready for a woman and they're racist. Everybody's a racist idiot. But I do want to get into this poll because the Fox news poll that was released today did in fact show 50% saying that they favor impeaching this president. Interesting. Now, is that true? Now, I went and dug deep into the turnout model, and 
you know, the Fox News poll, while they use live callers, and so that methodology is is proper, they've been consistently off in their turnout model. They are giving Democrats, first of all, they don't use a likely voter model. So they're looking at what they, looking at just trying to mirror total registration uh, in the United States, a voter registration in the United States. To me, I don't give a rip about total voter registration in almost any scenario. I want to know what is the likely voter model or the voter turnout model because I want to know the people that are marching to the ballot box, what do they think? And then it, because it's all about elections, right? A public opinion really only matters in so much as it affects someone's election or re-election. And so the Fox News poll is, is skews, we call it D plus seven, gives Democrats a seven point edge over Republicans in their modeling, which is actually not where a likely voter model will end up being. So it's, it's off. However, what this poll, because I've been watching over time, does show is that support for impeachment has actually gone down. It was higher. It was a month or two ago. Was it 54%? Now it's moved in 50, 50%. So what we do when we are looking at polls, and I do this, remember, I do this for a living. I look at polls all day for my races and broader public opinion. Even, even if I disagree with a poll's methodology, oftentimes there is something that I can glean from the poll. And in this case, what we call it is, is means it's directional. I'm watching for trend lines and movement. While the actual number may not be accurate, movement, if they're using the same turnout model or same vote model between polls, movement will be consistent. And so even this poll that heavily favors Democrats, I think overly favors them, is showing that public opinion is breaking against impeachment. So. Kamala Harris is still an idiot, <laughs> but that's what's going on with the poll. Now, CNN put out their own, another poll. Uh, they've partnered with this company called S, I believe, ooh, what's it called? Oh, SRSS. It's a, it's a polling firm. And they've shown that support for impeachment in their model has dropped five points down to 45% from their last poll that showed it at 50% was cut conducted in, in mid November. Opposition still stands at about 47%. It hasn't budged. Support for impeachment was with Democrats at 99 or 90% in November down to 77% now. So there's a couple interesting things here. First, support from for Donald Trump uh, in terms of not impeaching in both polls, the CNN poll and the Fox News poll, it's upwards of 89 to 92%. So Republicans are with this president on this issue. My broader takeaway is really twofold on impeachment so far. Now we're still in the thick of it. So it's 
hard to definitively say the outcome, but here's what I've gleaned thus far. The impeachment proceedings from the House really didn't change public opinion whatsoever. And it didn't move Donald Trump's voter approval. Donald Trump was, depending on the survey, he was hovering at about 44.1%. And now if you look at averages, he's at 44.6%. That's within the margin of error. Essentially, zero movement in either direction. So what that tells me is no hearts and minds have been moved in this process. This shift show has not budged anything. It's driven a lot of news cycle. So what's the real impact here? Here it is. The Democrats have just spent the last few months shutting down the government, essentially talking about an issue that voters don't prioritize about. In no polling I've seen, Anywhere in the country, with a general election model, do those swing voters that are going to decide these races care about impeachment? It is not even a top, it's not a top five issue. While some swing voters, overall, we're seeing the no party preference or independence are heavily uh, in favor of not impeaching this president. But forget that for just a second. It's not in even those people's top three to top five consideration set. And if it's not in a top three consideration list, voters don't care and you're not going to move their opinion. So what Democrats have really done is blown the last few months. Wasting time when they could have been making the case against Donald Trump's economic agenda, his health care agenda, or moving the needle forward saying, get a taste of what, you, what it is when we're in power in the House. Don't you want more of it when we take control of the presidency? Instead of that, they've been trying to impeach this president, which is not something voters care about. So it's a colossal waste of time in the sense that they could have been using that time to message on something voters truly care about. Now, here's the other kicker, and Pelosi knows it, is what she's done is she's all but wiped off the map, the vulnerable Democrats that flip seats in the midterms that Trump carried by a landslide in 16. So that's Anthony Brindisi in New York's 22. Um, that's Harley Ruda in California's 48th in Orange County. And the list goes on and on because those are districts, number one, Trump carried by a landslide in 16. And those are districts that are completely lopsided when it comes to support for impeachment. You're even seeing a lot of the, the so-called national security Dems, the blue dog Dems or whatever they call themselves. They are beginning to get queasy. In fact, you even saw a Democratic member of Congress announce Sunday night that he is going to switch from being a Democrat to a Republican. Now, why did he do it? Well, there's a couple reasons. First, if he really was a blue dog, uh, you know, he, he can't be supportive of the Green New Deal and the agenda that the House Democrats are pushing. He probably is not comfortable in that space, number one. Number two, Trump is very popular in his district and support for impeachment is going to kill him, literally kill him. And if he's not support, but the problem is it's catch, it's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. He's, he's screwed either way. 
he doesn't vote for impeachment, he's vulnerable to a primary challenge from the left. But if he votes for impeachment, he can all but kiss his seat goodbye. So he sat down with Donald Trump Sunday morning, had a one-on-one meeting. I don't know what was offered in that meeting, but I can tell you, Donald Trump said, from what I hear, the water's warm over here. Come and join the team. I'll endorse you, help protect you so you can hold this seat. And you can be an important uh, decision maker in the House. So here's the problem of the uh, defecting, to have this congressman flip. Number one, Democrats spent, I think it was like $15 million to flip the seat in 18. So they flipped the seat and they still lost it a year later. So that's not good. But more broadly, when the announcement comes down the pipeline that the congressman has officially switched parties because of impeachment, the narrative backlash on Pelosi and the Democrats is going to hurt greatly. So Pelosi is not enjoying the benefits of impeachment. And it's, she's not getting benefits and it's not a top three issue for voters. So what is she gaining from this process? Nothing, really. Well, they're raising money on it. And individual celebrities like Adam Schiff are lifting themselves up. But more broadly speaking, Pelosi very well could lose her majority over this. But her calculus was simple. She couldn't stop the swell from her base pushing her forward in impeachment. So it was either her leadership position or the majority in the House. And she would rather hold on to her leadership and regroup and hope to hang on to the majority. That was the calculus she made. Is it the right one? Probably is the only one. But Pelosi has lost total control of this process at this point. She's smart enough to know this is backfiring on her, but sometimes there's nothing you can do. It's not good. A couple more polls I'm watching that are fascinating. There's a new Quinnipiac poll that was looking at national Democrat support. And top line, it had, um, it had Biden slightly at the top. It had uh, Sanders in second place, but that's not really what's fascinating to me. Buttigieg is surging. He's at his highest level ever with African-American support. How high? A whopping 2%. 2% of the African-American vote. Yep. (laughs) All of this effort that he's been trying to get to turn around African-Americans, and he's at 2%. The margin of error is plus or minus three. So he could be at negative 1% or 0% as far as this poll is concerned. It's not good. Joe Biden, on the other hand, is sitting at 52% support. Warren, Warren, the next closest will be Warren at 14% in terms of black support. Bloomberg at 7%, Sanders at 6%, and so on. You can see why Biden is managing to hang on. This firewall of having African-American support at 52% is keeping him alive. If that begins to crack, it's lights out for Biden, period. Another poll I'm looking at, which is interesting, is there's a morning consult poll. 
and it looks at uh, two different things, early primary state voters as well as Democrat primary voters. No surprise, the lineup is such in the early or in the uh, Democratic primary voters. Joe Biden sitting at 31 percent, Bernie Sanders at 22 percent, Elizabeth Warren at 15. That's a significant slump. Buttigieg, eight, Michael Bloomberg, seven, and everybody else below. Tom Steyer at three, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, here's the kicker. Watch Bloomberg at 7% in this poll. He was just a couple weeks ago sitting at between one to 2%. So Bloomberg has, has rightfully popped 5%. That's beyond the mar the 3% margin of error in this poll. Now, when we look at early primary state votes, look where he is. 2%. He went from 7% average nationwide to 2% in the early state. And why the spread? Oftentimes, you're seeing with the rest of the candidates about similar percentages, both in early states as well as national. Because Bloomberg has not targeted his television buys in the early states. They're on the Super Tuesday states. And there's enough Super Tuesday states to, to lift national opinion overall. There's not enough early primary uh, states to really move the national opinion lever or the dial. And because Michael Bloomberg is not playing in early primary states, he's not advertising there. He figures, screw it. Why waste my money? So here's the takeaway. One, of course, He's not getting lifted up in the States. He's not playing in. But most importantly, his advertising is working. Two, going from 2% to 7% is statistically significant. Next week is going to be a real tell. Because if Bloomberg pops from 7 to 10 or 7 to 11, well, guess what? He has a real path. Remember, he stayed purely positive. Now, he's going negative on Trump, but he hasn't gone negative really on any of his Democratic opponents. He's introducing himself to voters. I was asked, gosh, it was by an ABC reporter a couple days ago. Do you think that Bloomberg's ads are going to work? My answer was simple. Of course they are. Does it mean he'll be the nominee? We'll see. But advertising works. If you're painting lead on the target, you're spelling the name right, you're saying roughly what voters are caring about, prioritizing about, you are going to see growth, especially if you're outspending everybody else in those states when the other candidates are by and large dark. So Bloomberg's going to see growth. He is. He's going to continue to see growth. But when, what will it take for him to get into a top three position? Uh, that's a good question. Generally speaking, and I'll walk out here for a second. We typically, if you want somebody in a competitive contest like this, whether it's at a presidential level, gubernatorial level, or congressional level, if you have a multi-way primary, before, unless a candidate can get to 60%, 70% total awareness levels, you're not going to see them pop into a top three position. Now, I don't know from this because it didn't do a name ID check. I don't know where Bloomberg is sitting in terms of name ID. But my hunch is 
he's sitting around 15 to 20%, 15% probably total awareness. So he's got a ways to go. Now you can grow there with advertising. And that's exactly what he's doing. I think he's spending about 4 million a day. That's, that's about where he's at. And you spread it out by Super Tuesday market. So we're going to keep watching. If he can get to that 60%, 70% name ID threshold, the question will be, where does his support come from as Bloomberg continues to grow? My hunch comes from Biden. And we'll see. How thin is Biden's support? I think it's a lot thinner than people believe. I do. And you just haven't seen it. I mean, it's been steadily declining, but he still is in a top two position. I think because of name ID and quite frankly, uh, there just hasn't been a dominant competitor in the advertising space to eclipse his brand. So we'll watch Michael Bloomberg really closely. The other thing I'm looking here, I could see a scenario where Bernie Sanders is the nominee. Yes, I could. I said it. I could see it. I don't know that it's likely, but I could see it. And I'll explain why. Sanders wins Iowa. Sanders wins, which he could. Sanders wins New Hampshire, which he could. Gets big momentum. Bloomberg breaks the firewall and Booker and a few others break the firewall that Biden has in South Carolina. Sanders rockets through South Carolina, goes into Super Tuesday. Elizabeth Warren drops out right after two back-to-back losses early on. Sanders goes from 26% support to 35%, 36%, and just is unstoppable. The question in that scenario is when does Elizabeth Warren drop out if she does? Or does she stay in and just continue to split up votes? And does the Democratic Party crap itself over the idea of a socialist being their nominee and try to block him? I think they do try to block him if he gets to that point. But the block in itself may give Bernie the extra momentum that he needs because now he can play a victim and all of that to get across the finish line. So that's what I'm watching. These, the polling is fascinating as this contest evolves, particularly with the Bloomberg entry. Uh, one last thing. Do you know that the only candidate to not air a single advertisement on television to date is Deval Patrick, the former governor of, of Massachusetts? So the question is, does he have a shot? I'll give you the simple answer. Hell no. But here was his math. I, I, it hit me the other day. He had a very simple formula. He thought he, didn't, he was not going to win Iowa, not going to play there. He thought that he could trade off his name ID and his relationships with the Boston media market, which is a, which the New Hampshire encompasses most of the Boston media market. So he thought if he could trade on his name ID and ability to drive media coverage in the Boston media market, that he could win in New Hampshire. If he can win in New Hampshire, he can hang on, break through Biden because he is African-American, break through Biden's firewall in South Carolina, 
and instantly become a contender. That was the simple math. But it hasn't materialized. He's not even in the top five in New Hampshire today. And unless he starts airing TV ads and raising money, that calculus is not going to change. So that was his, that was his calculus. I predict the guy drops out before he even gets to New Hampshire because he's not a fool. He had a good idea. Didn't work. Poor execution. But he smelled weakness in Biden's numbers. And so he got in. But then, of course, Bloomberg got in and he wasn't getting the traction that he needed in New Hampshire and in in the Boston media market. And well, there you go. So that's been my wonky polling take for this episode of the Thomas Guide. Of course, you can email me if you want any other hot takes or other wonky takes. Email me at podcast at theteaguide.com or you can go to theteaguide.com. Check out all my episodes. I'm revamping, as you may have noticed, my Facebook page. Some fancy new pictures. Going to be rolling out a cool couple cool new video ads. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Thomas Guide, and if you are so inclined, you can write me a review on iTunes or any platform that you listen, because that's the way we grow the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you tomorrow on another episode of the Thomas Guide.